0: This time on Culture File, the return of Paddy Woodworth from his winter travels, which have inspired his latest choice for his shelf of essential and rewarding nature writing. For March 1st, 2023, Paddy has chosen The Everglades River of Glass by Marjorie Stoneman Douglas for elevation to the naturalist bookshelf. What do we look for when we travel? Paradoxical though it sounds, I think we look for home. I know of no more perfect moment, when I'm lucky enough to travel to remote, apparently exotic natural landscapes, than when I find myself thinking, but this is not foreign to me at all. This is so familiar. I belong here, in a sense I cannot quite express, but which reaches very deep inside me. Is this déjà vu about some past life? I rule nothing out, but I suspect the explanation is much simpler. And much more telling. It is a sense of direct contact with the living pulse of the natural world, from which we are mostly so alienated, but which is, after all, the same pulse that flows through our own veins. Home is where the heart beats strongest, perhaps. I haven't had this experience very often, but it's happened to me more than once in Florida's Everglades. Wandering amongst an abundance of water birds, kayaking in the liquid green light of mangrove forests among indifferent alligators, stretching out on my back on a coastal prairie meadow for hours, watching kites, ospreys and hawks float across an endless sky. I feel doubly fortunate to be able to revisit these experiences back home in Ireland in the company of two great writers. I've made a brief reference on this programme before to Peter Matheson's superb novel Shadowlands, so evocative of the Everglades Wilderness Waterway region. But this evening, I want to take down another book that is exceptionally successful in making this region flow onto the printed page. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, 1947 study, The Everglades, River of Grass. The author was a diminutive woman, whose signature large dark glasses and floppy hats prompted one reporter to describe her as looking like Scarlett O'Hara played by Igor Stravinsky, but she was not to be trifled with. She bested a U.S. Army colonel at a public meeting and she staged a play about Al Capone unfazed when his people showed up at the premiere. Born in 1890, she packed a dozen lives into her 108 years, as a reporter and fiction writer, as a very early feminist, and as a campaigner for the rights of Native and African Americans and migrant workers. But she is best remembered for this celebration, at once joyous and scholarly, of the natural and cultural history of the Everglades. Before this book was published, the general public perception of the Everglades was of a noxious swamp, good only to be drained for sugarcane, and holiday homes. Since then, it is widely recognised as a uniquely precious and diverse natural landscape. Her book's impact in stalling its degradation has been justly compared to that of Rachel Carson's 1960s Silent Spring in persuading governments to ban DDT. Nevertheless, the Everglades remained threatened by the sugar and property industries and were repeatedly trashed until 40 years after publication, Stoneman Douglas returned to the fray. She was instrumental in persuading the federal government to make the Everglades' sadly diminished heartlands, the site of the biggest ecological restoration project in the United States. She died shortly afterwards in 1998, before she could see how much that project itself would be threatened by climate change. I cannot think of many other books that make natural science sings so sweet and clear to the general reader. Her account of the distinctive geology and hydrology of the Everglades is exemplary in bringing huge spans of time and vast tectonic shifts within our grasp. She performs the remarkable trick of making ecosystems that constantly shift their shapes, sharply focused in our mind's eyes. Her striking central image of a river of grass which she coined, is aesthetically appropriate, if slightly inaccurate botanically. It glides through and unifies every page. Myriad plants and animals populate them vividly. So do the Everglades peoples. Douglas was way ahead of her time in recognizing how Native Americans had reshaped this environment more than once. And in celebrating how successful they were in resisting european incursions both science and history have of course advanced since 1948 but that does not undermine her work's integral vision i'd like to conclude with a paragraph that speaks to me of a timeless afternoon spent in a wet meadow near big cypress swamp a everglade kite and his mate questing in great solitary circles rising and dipping and rising again on the wind currents, can look down all day at the water, faintly green with floating water lettuce, or marked by thin standing lines of reeds. Utter their sharp goat cries and be heard and seen by no one at all. Paddy Woodworth there reaching up to slide the Everglades River of Glass by Marjorie Stoneman Douglas onto the Naturalist bookshelf.